In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witnessed. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. But everybody can see that moment where I just saw. It's going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. You know, how many guys does it take to get a stream to go live? Hello, world. Today, I'm going to start just by singing you a song. Vision bist du, freundlicher Stille, himmlischer Guys, welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast. I'm Blaine. And I'm Sam. And you looked surprised when I said <laughs> that. Because I forgot we had to do an actual intro we and actually not just be like in. rambling. Right now, we are <sighs> on live with some of you, some of our friends who... Follow slash support Ansons on Patreon, and once a month we come together to live stream an episode and have some conversation afterwards. And sometimes we address questions that came up from a previous episode or riff back. The questions we end up getting are usually all highly sexual, and I just don't want to go there. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you want to have a follow-up line? There isn't one. I'm making a joke, <laughs> and you go ahead. I was making a joke. I was making a little joke. Is a, is a medium-sized joke. <laughs> <laughs> so today's conversation, you as we were riffing earlier today, today's podcast is, are you paying attention to your heart and how to know it better? Yes. How to be a student of your own heart. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> and how do you do that, so I'm Sam? just going <laughs> to lean back <laughs> and enjoy. I'm just going to start interacting with chat <laughs> while you... Uh, you tell us how we do that. I can tell you what it feels like to not do that a lot of the time. Yeah. Have you noticed how hard it can be to know your own heart? No. Not. I don't. Well, how about that? I actually don't know that I do notice that it's hard because I can just skip right through several months and kind of be like, oh, I haven't actually checked in. I don't know how I'm doing. I cannot notice how hard it is because yes. I'm not paying attention at all. That's actually a perfect lead-in to the fact that it's easy not to notice. How about... <laughs> Podcasts, especially live, it's all just improv. It's all just yes and. Yes and. You had no idea what I was going to say, but you're like, perfect segue. That's a great segue. Thanks, Barry, for when you tighten this up, it's going to be like a perfect Ooh. ping pong match. Wow. Yeah. Those guys are in the drift, Pacific yeah, Rim I do style. come across better once you've tightened me up a little bit. What about... What what was the last signal that you got that maybe you did not know you were out of touch with or even did not know yeah. your heart very yeah. well? So uh, this was earlier this week. We're doing some uh, practice live fire in the counseling world. And so I have the benefit right now of getting to do some school in person, which is so nice to interact with real human beings after engaging fake human beings on the internet for so long. But it means that there's somebody who's actually been practicing for years sitting there watching as me and another classmate are like 
trying to do this thing together. I feel like I've been doing this for years, but to be put in that box with a specific thing you're focusing on for the next 20 minutes while somebody's watching you and you're like a lab rat, it, it, like all of your natural talent and practice like just sort of comes off the hinges. I found myself trying to be engaged, trying to be calm, trying to do it. And um, at the end, I appreciated like the insight because this is the answer to my question or your question. I was exhibiting presence and calm and confidence, but she was noticing everyone's while my eyes tightening and they're clearly being like some conversation that was going on in my head that wasn't coming out. She was noticing the way that I, I like held my wrist and did not move my hand the whole time. I would like Whoa. mirror the rest of my body, but like my hands felt tight. And she, the professor just offered like, while you are bringing confidence and calm, I'm curious if that's true of your internal world. And I'm like, crap, because obviously not. And I, I, but that was my like, I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware until somebody else called it out and drew attention to it. I think I could have gotten to the end of that day and Susie would have asked like, how'd it go? And I would have given like the clear and classic unaware of my internal world reaction, which is, uh, it was fine, but like, I don't want to talk about it, but I don't, I don't know why I feel like I don't want to talk about it. So just bah, leave me alone. And I've been like, really? <laughs> like how unaware are you that you you can't even sit and uh, begin to unpack what it is? So I was grateful that I had somebody else to call it out in the moment and I could go, yes, I feel like my barometer for this going well is you literally telling me, wow, you're so good at this. You can actually skip the rest of the class. You like, mm. it's that level of like, I want to hit such a home run with that level of observation and something I feel called to do that it's like anything less than perfection is failure on a complete and catastrophic level. And so there was this icy tightness and pressure and no, I was not well inside as it's like, pay attention, be calm, be yourself. And internally it's like, ah, <laughs> and I wasn't aware, you know, it's your like, you know how hard it is? Like, well, it's really easy for me to just kind of not pay attention even now and not slow down and not ask, why have I not moved my hands? Why am I letting this old thread of performance and perfection manifest itself right now and do so without me really even noticing it? So good. So I think one that's really interesting is... Hey, guys, when was the last time that you realized you actually have no concrete idea what you like to do, <laughs> eat, oh. wear? Ah. Ah. Yes. <laughs> you just – oh, it hurts. Oh, just I don't like, even – I, oh, I can't just go like there. A, I'm just a – I'm pinball moving through life. Uh, yeah, well, we've got resonance in the folks who are watching right now, whether that's uh, – Isaac tuning in of feeling like he gets it. And that's the first name I can see with the way I have my computer lined up so you're not all looking over my shoulder. But like, real question for you guys. As they catch that up, I'm going to give my example the and to go. Scotty. You have to go slightly meta, but to go insofar as all people are unique. Yeah. Revelations of, of some part of God's heart that no one else has. Yeah. They are going to notice and respond to things in the world that no one else 
gets. This is why sometimes it's really fun, yeah. you know, to have a conversation with a rodeo person or someone who's really into <laughs> knitting. Someone who's really a, a rodeo, a rodeo person. person. Uh, a rodeo. You had committed, and then you had to watch yourself. Say I said it. the right sense. I was. It's like a. Cat you ever person. had a conversation with a carny? Uh, I haven't. I have. And from Alaska. How did that go? It was weird. How do they see the world? It was strange, but it's true that, that some of the things that they identified, yeah, some of the things that they re- that they responded to and enjoyed. I appreciate how you're kind of still trying to be politically correct. Me something <laughs> politically correct here. By you're not like throwing this person under the bus. You're like, oh, Carney, that's a soft, soft and easy target. And you're like, I have, they I have, know I have this a person in mind. Things. I know that you do. We rode unicycles together in California. So how was your time as a Carney? I did do that one show. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was fun. It was short-lived. But I juggle on a unicycle. You remember this. I didn't buy a ticket to the carnival plane. And I don't remember your juggling unicycle you show. You were there. Anyway, <laughs> people are unique. Yes. Right? So the other day, yeah, because, you know, the move and everything, I completed a secret lifelong dream which was to own a pair of fancy area work boots. Oh, nice. And why was it secret? Because well, because it's embarrassing or it was my you can only push the country life in the city so far and like ah. to be like I don't want to wear a giant leather belt, but I don't have to hang any tools on it ever, so I'm totally good with symbols. Many of my possessions are symbolic. I draw the line sometimes, I don't know if there's a rule. Uh, but this is one of the places I had drawn the line. It's like that I'm, is a snapshot into your personality that just expands <laughs> outwards. If you want to like pause and re-listen to that over and over, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> therapy, Sam. <laughs> therapy, oh my Sam. Gosh. Does whatever a therapist can. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gonna get a trigger to me. I gotta wear a seatbelt when you when you talk. Uh, oh. And I was showing them to M, who does not respond to, does not love area work boots. Yes. She also doesn't love my love of work pants because she's like, no one ever wants to snuggle someone in work pants. <laughs> it's weird. They're, they're rough and, and nasty. I'm like, they do what pants do. They protect your legs. You can do anything in them and they don't break. How is this not what everyone wears? I'm not wearing those right now, by the way, because I'm in an office. Uh, but I bought these area boots and I was showing the demo and I was like, I love these and even as she was asking why and I was explaining what I liked about them and kind of diving in a little bit it's really nice to have people ask you sometimes like what do you love about Bruce Springsteen so much why but yeah, and basically I, boil down to you only need him and the rest of the musical world can go away <laughs> yeah I don't need recent him though unless he's singing his old songs you just need the one album I get it it's cool uh, need a few, but it was so interesting. Even as I got to the point of explaining to Emma, and she kept going, "Why?" And it was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I have that sometimes with some of the pieces of my world, and sometimes I have a very confident sense of self. Someone's like, "What's your favorite food?" I can come back and go. Paning curry today. Tomorrow it'll be back to Mexican food. And <laughs> tacos and the ta- tacos. Tacos. 
tacos. <laughs> Not these uh, hard shell ones, though. Blech. But then sometimes there are these moments of dissonance where I look around some of the some of the material parts of my life, and I'm like, Yeah, I don't like this paint color. Whose art is this? What is this? I now, at this point in my life, I'm experiencing less of that than say a year and a half ago when this like you know so little about your heart thing started. Mm. But it's another area where you go like, man, why is it so hard to know something as simple as what you like to do, how you recover? Yeah, I think I think. Folks listening, like we're all as a culture familiar with the unexamined life is not worth living and all of the iterations of that quote that sort of get thrown around. And so we we feel this familiarity with, I am often a bundle of basic human needs and reactions and actions to things that happen a day and a lifetime. I've got this, I don't really know what to do with it. My current conversation that seems to make people uncomfortable <laughs> thinking about the conversation we had is the question of, are we anything more or less than just a reaction to or away from our family? Does, is there more to us than than that? And it does make you a little bit uncomfortable. But where I want to go is we're having this conversation with the language, the heart, very specifically, but we kind of get a pass because we're in a context where we're like, that's a common term we use here at Wild at Heart or Become Good Soil or Ansons or however you've landed here. But just because it's familiar, I think we should still unpack it in this context. So when you say a year and a half ago, you were like still unfamiliar with your heart, I think some guys would go, oh, Blaine's exaggerating. Like he's been in this his whole life. Surely he's not unaware of what's going on in his heart of all I things. I know, he just knows Maybe he's, you know, hangry or, and he's so, not realizing he needs to have a Snickers bar. So crucially important. Why Why is this whole episode framed around heart specifically rather than just inner world? That's a great question. <laughs> How deep to go down the nerdy track into... <laughs> Andrew, that's hysterical. It is important, I think we've said before, to... S- to see reality the way that Jesus sees it, to have many of the same assumptions and expectations. What are you, what are you smirking about over there? I've got the chat up like this so I can like kind of keep eyes on things. In case anyone and, like... Somebody just, Andrew just said, how dare Blaine be human? How <laughs> oh, dare. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, the audacity. The different parts of Blaine's being. But we're talking about heart here because in, I never like saying in the Bible because I feel like, a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. I want to say things when like... When you say it, in, something in my brain turns off and um, I wait for you to stop talking about it. I want to go, in the ancient depiction of reality testified to in the Bible, oh. validated by being canonical. Wow. The heart is the epicenter of the human being. It is a way of describing that selves are complicated and yet... There is in us an epicenter of emotions and desires. Uh, There's an epicenter of motives and experiences. And that is the heart, that the intuitive feeling that thoughts actually come from the heart. We've had to fight so hard here in postmodernity 
against the idea that humans are rational creatures and be like, one of my pro tips to people is don't treat people like the rational beings they're not. (laughs) (laughs) You can let them think they're whatever they want to think, but when you relate with them... You need to recognize that they are irrational and should be treated with caution. That they are driven by their hearts, which are complicated. Yes. And that the God's restoration project centers on the heart. And so to go... Just steal why, the quote that what dad uses in Wild at Heart, the heart knows... Reason, Pascal has its reason reasons. Knows not of. Yeah. We're talking about this because there is a center to you. And many of the associations that you have to the heart are accurate. The yeah. very core of things, the most important thing, feeling, love, like the place that love and life come out of in a person, mm. all of that, we're, we're talking about that when we talk about the heart. So understatement here, but fairly um, dangerous place to leave uh, unconnected or to feel dissociated from. Yes, or to never learn anything about yeah. or to actively hate. So Luke, I was having a conversation with me the other day He's looking for uh, another second car. The car that they had, that he was driving, was totaled, and he he texted me. He's like, "I actually don't know who I am. I need another car, but am I a truck guy, or am I like an Acura luxury sedan guy, or am I the guy that gets like the old vehicle that's cool but is?" not the most functional and it's going to be in the shop a lot. Like he literally, he had the self-awareness to know that that was actually the question that he was needing to answer when he was looking for a second vehicle. And I absolutely resonate with it. As soon as he was able to share that vulnerability, that honesty, I'm like, yes, I can't answer it for you, Luke. And I don't, I don't know how often I need to ask myself that question. Yes. Who yes. am I? Yes. What do I like? What is this about? And when you ask... Am I a truck guy? Am I a muscle car guy? And go, well, actually. I have hair, so I'm not a muscle car guy. I'm not Dom Toretto. (laughs) You are both of those. Yeah. And one of the things that I feel like Jeremiah uniquely nails is he is is the meditator on the complexities of the heart. And when he saw people do the most effed up shit in the universe (laughs) – Way to make uh, it just a PG-13 rating. There we go. Let's go up. <laughs> Show a butt, but no frontal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not our PG-13. Deadpool can't be in this podcast episode. <laughs> nope. Um, fact, I've never seen any of those movies. Oh, well. Have you seen Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Then you've I seen have. them. Okay. With swords? This <laughs> <laughs> doesn't actually matter. Uh, the heart is really complicated. It's a thing that can break and divide. And when we say something like every every part of our personhood should speak to this deep reality, the, the deep complexity of the is heart. Is that what Jeremiah said? Because th- you took us on that journey. No, we're going to – Jeremiah, uh, when when people take out like the line in Jeremiah that's the hardest deceitfully wicked. Oh, which okay. He, when you take things out of the Bible and then you read it. And then you read it. it gets that's much the easier. conclusion of him giving this massive poetic riff on like – and the art is deceitfully wicked. Who can even understand it? Now, of course, Jeremiah, when he said that, had just seen a majority of the 
uh, elite in Jerusalem sacrificed their children into a fire, you know. So it's understandable why he was is like, you guys are so messed up to the bone. What is going on? It's just this mess. And to go, well, actually, after Jesus restores it, you're not bad to the bone, but you do have this complexity and, you know, how different neural networks have different concepts of self. Like, so the self is not the brain. That's why I don't like to use this example very often, but I think it's interesting that it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, neurologists have had to identify that the brain and the mind are different. Yeah. Because you got something they can tell the brain what to do. And they've had to say that the mind is throughout your entire body and somehow connected to your immediate social circle. And to be like, <laughs> the story of your life is going to be consistent. Yet you will find these complex parts in you that often don't like each other and can be at war. So it looks like, am I a truck guy? I'm like, you are a truck guy. I'm, let's talk more about truck guy and where he comes from and who he is in you <laughs> okay, so, and what his relationship to Ford guy is. So Paul's wondering if uh, that makes Jeremiah a truck guy. Um, and <laughs> my, my mind just goes, I have a very active imagination. So now I'm imagining like you have to do a mock-up of all of the prophets and what kind of car they would drive. Um if the car, those have been around. And there's going to be elements that they would be every single one of them, but also... No, J- Jeremiah... I love oversimplification. It's what, great. It's so... It's easy. Like, Jeremiah is a college professor, so he drives, like, an old beater Camry, but mostly walks to work. But is uh, it... No, why is it a beater? I think it would be in, like, really good condition. No, not if you're Jeremiah. Oh, really? And okay. Because you don't care. You do not care... Like what people think of you. Jeremiah is the guy who his wife has to tell him, like, your coat's dirty. You have to wear the other houndstooth coat to go teach the students today because you have to. And he's like, it's only about the word. It's not about the person. Jeremiah, calm down. (laughs) This is a guy who, by the way, when Nebuchadnezzar is on his way (laughs) to destroy Jerusalem, he's like, I'm going to die in this city. They don't let him. They make him leave, and he's lost history. But they're like... That's who you're dealing with when you're dealing with Jeremiah. It's like, you're about to be violently killed. And he's like, this is my home. <laughs> I feel like there's a wealth of content there that we could just begin pushing <laughs> yeah, you yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us what everybody drives. <laughs> and um, that would derail us for the next 30 minutes. Boaz is the truck guy. Just, he's the king ranch. Like, you're the guy who passes you on the road. Who, I saw this guy yesterday. And I was actually riffing on him to Emily. It was a ram. 3,500, around 3,500 with, you know, 5.7 turbo and the extra wheels on the back for trailering and the double extended cab. And I was like, that guy right there, that guy is the ranch manager. And that's Boaz. He's the guy who rolls in in that and gets down, check on all the day laborers in a really nice way. And it's like, how is everybody doing today? Man, I'm going to have another hot one. Hey, I noticed there was a hole in that fence. Anyway. <laughs> We should do this. <laughs> you, you should, but I gotta get it. Like I gotta go get some food or something to watch the show. <laughs> I'm not gonna be a part of it. That's hysterical. Wow. I'm coming back around into. We got to Boaz driving his because you brought up Jeremiah because, because I mentioned Luke because, because we talked we about the heart. Who am I? Yeah. And sometimes I don't even know. Why are we saying the heart's the Thank center? you for bringing us back out of the rabbit hole. Dan Allender doesn't do that. Dan, <laughs> he just Dan leaves just, you at the bottom. Dan just continues on the journey <laughs> and leaves you to figure out how he got back up to ground level. Focus 
don't talk about lab rats. (laughs) (laughs) You are very triggerable, Blaine. It's pretty funny. Who am I? You have a heart. Your heart is a complicated thing. There are parts, but there is a consistency to your story. And you're not multiple, by the way. So when Whitman is out there wanting to be like, uh, you contain multi- multitudes, like, no, you don't. And there are different in parts his to you, but you're singular. Yeah, you're not that. When <laughs> James Joyce. Oh, no, no, wait. No, totally. That makes so much sense. We're not multitudes. There's different parts, but we're 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 the same in that we have different aspects and pieces, but we're not we're not distinct in our in our complexity. We're complex because we have because we have no answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Cool, cool, cool. You have a heart. Your heart is complicated. And then there are reasons why you don't know your heart very well. Mm. And then there are reasons to pay attention to it. And there, then there are some things that we can recommend, actually, that mm. it's important. I want to flag it's important for like a dozen reasons in this episode. But just to go, man, like if, like me, you didn't know for a long time that I don't like backpacking. I don't like it. Yeah. And I do that. But you did it anyway. To go rest. But you didn't know that you didn't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a wilderness person, <laughs> but I'm also interpreting the world through some of people who I think are a good model of manliness and yes. all this. And to be like, totally. I just don't like it. And if I'm going to go into the woods to not extract something like a fish or a deer, I'm going to go to the woods to ride a mountain bike or to rock climb or to do something fun. I'm not going to go to the woods to walk around on a trail. No. But <laughs> I, it would be like, man, um, I led a lot of people on backpacking trips. Yeah. Why did I not like it? Why And right. why did it take me so long to realize that this is a terrible way for me to spend my time because it's not me? Right. Now, so it's important to do that stuff. Right. Let's go to, uh, how about these things? Reasons it gets lost. Yeah. And then things that you can do. And then, Sam, how does it get lost? Yes. And I'm struck by the way that (laughs) you have to come up with a thesis like seven different times in a podcast episode. (laughs) Because you'll chase a rabbit trail and you're like, wait, wait, wait. I got to bring back some more clarity to this next piece. And so here it is. Boom. How does it get lost? Yes. And how do you find it? This is, is that is that the two? Oh I'm, my gosh! I'm going to tell you what wow. I'm going to teach you. I'm yes. going to teach you, and I'm going to tell you what I taught you. Perfect. That's the strategy. But that didn't <laughs> totally <laughs> happen. But you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You say that. <laughs> yeah, they come into live fire. Um, I think that it, it, there is permission to take on other people's joys because you don't know yet what yours are. That makes sense, right? Like that's why mom and dad signed us up for like all the parks and rec sports. Like here, do these, see which one sticks. And it was like, uh, what happens when none of them stick? Then you have to wrestle with, okay, what are you interested in? And you, and you try these things on and you see if they fit or not. But then, then things get more complex because we identify certain activities as being more spiritual and more wholehearted. 
and you can end up with a lot of like, I don't know, Morgan clones. And all of a sudden it's like, what is, what is like really a good indicator that you are present with the father and saying yes to risk and saying yes to these places in your heart and unpacking some of the ways you need validation, being a bow hunter. That's actually how we know. And because if you're not, then you actually aren't exploring all of that and you're probably just medicating somewhere else. Yes. That's a problem. And this always exists. I mean, I think obviously of the powerful examples in my world that include Morgan, that include dad. Yeah. But go, your crew and the people that you love really do have hierarchies of what are the best things a person can like. Yes. What's the world at any given time has a story about what's the best kind of person. Sure. And, it, you know, and we find a way to be that to get love and safety and connection and all these things. Right. But I love what you say of like exposure to a lot of things is important. Yeah. Attachment to a people is important because yes. that attachment is then going to, to fuel, to help you interpret the people like us do things like this. It's going to help you find your likes. Right. But it's going to have, but that's, it's going to have a problem too because every culture and every community is going to sneak in totally oh. the best things that you can be. Yeah. So here's, the, here's, here's something I'm worried about. I can see a future where dad has died and passed on. And all of a sudden. Is that what you saw in the pool? No. I care about fly fishing because he loved it and we would do it occasionally, but I wasn't, I have not been that interested in it as a hobby or a pastime. Still, still I'm not particularly that interested in it. Like I, I can appreciate it, but I can totally see me going and doing it. And it's really just me grabbing after some connection still with dad. And I and I'm really really curious what the effect of it would be on my internal world, aka my heart. So I'm not going to say it's going to be good or bad, but I could see me doing it for those like complex reasons, right? Whether you're trying to model yourself after somebody, or if you're trying to chase after something you feel like you never got, but like you're you're miserable. We talk about I don't know trying on to do things yourself or or set up like some new adventure, and so you you're gonna pick something that somebody else does, and maybe you hate it, right? We've had this conversation on exercise all the time. Do you actually want to go do the things we talk about? Yeah. Do you like that? Then don't do them. Would you actually want this connection with people? Like, find a different way to make that work. Easier said than done, because maybe your community they only do one thing, and so it's gonna be some tearing as you go do something else, but. All of this is assuming that we have some test or some ability on our own to gauge how our heart is doing. And I would say that probably 98% of people don't, even the healthy ones, to go, you're not going to hit that well all the time. And what a horrible lesson that would be for us to give you of it hey, if you can ask yourself these three questions in the morning, you will get a better idea of how your heart is doing. And therefore, you will need no one. You're Yay. welcome. <laughs> Part of the answer is like having other people who have eyes on how you seem. Like my example in that training session, 
I didn't have eyes. I was feeling it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't have told you what I was feeling in the moment unless somebody else was watching. So that's probably friends. That's probably family, probably spouse that begins to have that, um, those eyes on your world. Another one though, makes me think all the way back to the, we've talked about this as well. I wrote the article on it. Cien Cien again, the, like the Chinese food around Thanksgiving for me. Be curious about desires that feel stupid or invalid and begin asking why it would be one of mine. If like, are you, are you going to like practice a few things to help you begin to get more attuned to your heart to go, okay, so this is years ago and I found myself always around this time of year, always around Thanksgiving. Like I really want Chinese food. Like I want a specific restaurant. I want chicken lo mein. I want it to be kind of spicy. I want hot and sour soup beforehand. I want the paper Chinese calendar with the Zodiac, like to put the food on. Like, yes. There's a very, like, I want to go revisit a time in history. And I didn't know that. And I didn't know that there were all these internal, like, ages going on. That I basically felt like I was eight to 12, somewhere in there. Until I allowed myself to, like, push through the, that feels stupid, that feels invalid. Almost, I'm projecting a little bit here on you, but like, can't buy Ariat boots in the suburbs. And I would go, interesting. There's something in you that says, that's not a legit desire until enough my world uh, justifies it. Yes. And to go like, that is really interesting. There is something about your heart that is experiencing a desire for something and you're not even going to get to ask what that something really is because feeling stupid is going to invalidate it and and it's going to be this wall between you and getting to what's going on below the surface. That's so good. I mean, to use this example, you know, what I'm like, (sighs) previous plan is like, you cannot buy areas in the suburbs. And then you're like, but that's not true, so why? <laughs> right. And the phrase that pops up in my head is, because a man buys what he needs. Mm. And it's like, whoa. So what I'm trying to project or do is man. Right. Period. And one of the ways, one of the values, in quotes, that's become attached to that is that it's about what you need. And I go, And therefore not about anything superfluous or anything that's just a desire and not a true pressing requirement to get through a week. Yes. Which if I were to look then at, you know, my parenting or peers, I think I would say out loud, that's a horrible way to live. That great advice for like your daughter. Yes. That would be, that makes me so mad just to think about it. But to go, oh, wow, so that's a thing that I can identify in a lot of areas that that has been a guiding value for me. Where does it come from? And is that a thing that I want to keep thinking? Is that bone deep in me? Like, Because if not, I'd be very interested in addressing it so that what comes out of me more often is much more flexible, much more heart-oriented, much less driven by hard and fast categories. Yep. So I'm I'm particularly curious 
how often things like dismissal and embarrassment and shame and anger act as the screen between us and asking what's going on with our heart. Uh, probably not very often. Because they're really, 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 really effective <laughs> emotions. And they're really effective at driving me away from things. If I'm feeling anger. And that's, I, I okay, here's another example. Susie and I were looking into some, uh, what I would consider to be supplemental health choices for our lives. And those mm-hmm. would be like, things like chiropractic care, massage, um, acupuncture, th- things that are like, we consider them to be like bonus. bonus yeah. That's like they're supplemental. And so we were going to go see one of these types of things. I'm not going to say which one. Um, and we really liked the the clinic. We really liked the folks, the atmosphere, and it has clear and distinct value, but it's expensive because it is. And I'm grateful. I'm not getting into that line of work. I'm getting into therapy because therapy goes to the top of the list. Therapy is like, I can't function. Therefore, I'm going to go do this. Supplemental health things are like, when I finally have room in the budget and it's not a pressing crisis, I'll go deal with right. it. Or I can't walk because my back hurts so bad. Yeah, whatever it is. I need, to go f- I need to go see physical therapy. Therefore, I will go see this person. But it hurt because that it was so expensive. And then we actually, I need literally today to call and cancel my appointment and explain that it was like we were confused about what the plan was like and we thought it was different and we ended up basically just spending way too much money on each family member doing one adjustment, which is uh, not very useful, not very helpful just to do the one. And But we don't have, a, we don't have any more money. That was it. We, we actually spent the entire month of September. It is the second. So bye. And and I need and I was as I was driving away, I was furious. And it was one of those moments of like those screening type emotions for me where I liked them. I like what they do. I believe in it. I, I had a fine experience there, but I was leaving and I was so mad. Like I wanted somebody to be mad at. Like for a moment I was mad at Susie for even trying to pursue this, which I desperately need, but I'm like mad that she did it and it wasn't me that did it. I'm mad at these people for being unclear about their how much it costs at first. And I just I had to like stop and go, oh, I actually feel beyond the anger, like I'm not enough. Like what's being conveyed is that I'm I'm poor and that I I just I can't provide things that would make my family flourish. I can provide the basics, but anything that would really be an indicator of health. I, I can't do that. And and rather than feel the grief of that and the complexity of that, I went, anger came in as this like screen to deflect me away from it. And it worked for a little while, but fortunately I've, I've been doing a little bit of work, particularly this week and being curious as to why I'm feeling the, the first thing and what's behind it. And so this is a theory for yes. me. And I, it's something I'd like you guys listening to sit with of like, shame, embarrassment? Is it the need? You only buy things that are like clear and pressing need because otherwise you're superfluous. You're not a good man. You're actually not a good steward of your kingdom. Yeah. And, and what, this what's story, getting sacrificed? The, in this story, by the way, it's your job to get these things for your family that would make them flourish. Yes. Totally. I or love. somebody else brings them and actually they've done what I was called to do. Mm, wow. 
right? Like if they call, if I call and I cancel and they say, no, we'll give it to you for free. I don't know that I will be well because I will be like, oh, you had to intervene for me because I couldn't handle it. I'd rather just walk away and having spent our supplemental medical budget for the month. I identify, it's a complicated thing to go, yeah. What's with the desire that I also see in me to be competent, awesome, whatever, to be able to do those things, not only to be able to receive them and have uh, God the Father who wants to be a part, wants to enter into that with me. It will behoove you to know as much about your heart in season as you can, to know what's available to know. You mentioned like identifying where these masking emotions come up. Boy, that's huge. Yep. You talked about um, like curiosity. That's huge. Yeah. And I think some things that have made this deliberate, some things that are like, you may find this fun to do. Yeah. I've I'll, got I've got one. You go ahead. I'll, I'll give three. Yeah, go right, for, right, short. Oh, I've got you've got three. I've got one. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Story, story my Go on then. <laughs> story of, <laughs> story story of my what? episode. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Different, I have one. And <laughs> with three parts. <laughs> with three pieces. <laughs> but it's just the one. One is to go journal page. Ask yourself the question. Who is a man? Aragorn, like these can be real people, fictional characters, mm. anyone. Mm-hmm. Get, a, get a list of a few names, like hopefully people in your world or somebody, and then not only go why, but go, and what are they like and how do they handle their heart and what are some of the things that are sneaking in on the raft of Aragorn as he's portrayed by Viggo Mortensen. Like the, I remember being so devastated when I saw, like all things, Myers Briggs is totally ridiculous, like them all. But I saw a uh, thing that was like back in the day, Myers Briggs explained by Lord of the Rings characters, and it was like, and Aragorn <laughs> is an introvert, and I was like, crap. Therefore, you, I am not the man. <laughs> Because not that there's any such thing as introvert, extrovert, but I'm like, but I get he's kind of broody and silent and goes it, off to by, to think. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm not like that. So dang it. Right. To go. So who's a man? That would be an interesting list. Stay off of BuzzFeed for your uh, understanding of those men. Yeah. And then uh, the next one that, you know, we've talked about that can be fun is to go new piece of paper. Uh <gasps> You are, there is going to be a party and you're going to invite the different parts of yourself who's invited and to be like, this one can be really fun. Uh, This one can be fun to have a conversation with someone too and go like. And be honest. Don't pretend like you want to invite the parts of you that are stuck in the closet and you don't let them out. Yeah. And and you can, let's say you can work your way there. (laughs) And and maybe the metaphor is going to make you associate that with being in or out of the closet, but I mean like a dark place. Yeah, and to go like, so just really easy ones that, you know, not going to the dark, deep ones and me right now, but going like, 
who's coming? I'd be like, well, the scholar. And to go, and what's he like? Write a few things. And yeah. who else is coming? The guy that likes the hunter. What's he like? Who's coming? The dad. What's <laughs> For he a guy like? That says they were not a bunch of multitudes. They were. <laughs> That's a very funny exercise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The the last one would be uh, if we do think that the twenties, especially, but then now we're bleeding over, are I think we've we've fully transitioned. Fully tra- <laughs> safe to say that's what that means here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm using a lot of uh, co opted phrases right now, and, uh, I'm, and I'm taking them back. Are about exploration. Ask Jesus for some field trips. He will bring them. Mm. Scouts honor. And go in the in the territory of simply of knowing more about your own heart for all of the things that you're able to do when you do. Yeah. Ask Jesus for some field trips. The invitations will come. The opportunities will come. Okay. And and do it in the spirit of buddy invites you to blank. Don't go, no, I hate that. I know myself so well. Be like, well, maybe you might not like that, but it might be like there's low stakes here. Like it might be Try the restaurant. Go rock climbing. So that's my piece, like bringing it back to the story of this week and the story of chasing after Chinese food. Um, I would say, yes, I guess two pieces. First, practice being willing and brave enough to push through those first emotions. Don't just like assume that anger, shame, dismissal are the accurate final verdict. Be curious if there's something beneath it in the in a space where you can sit with it for a little while and have and be honest. And to Blaine's piece on these field trips, like I think from what I understand you to be meaning the the time where I went and got Chinese food, though it felt stupid, was like one of those field trips of it being, I think it, my culture is telling me I need is to go for like a quiet time in the woods with God, but I don't actually think that's what I'm supposed to do. I think I meant to like go and find chicken lo mein somewhere. And I think I'm, I need to like, as my 30 year old self, take my 12 inner 12 year old on that journey and, and just have the yes be enough, not have the, have to like get the right, place because actually the restaurant had shut down years and years before and it wasn't 1996 anymore and so there's going to be places that are not the same but I found that that willingness to engage some of those places that are being protected by those blocking emotions actually like lets them come easier the next time and the next time and there's a there's a trained ability to be curious and engage this mysterious world of the heart. 